What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So from there, I got into uh, to trucking. I opened up a brokerage firm, right? And the brokerage firm was 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 really good, except I had trouble finding drivers, Ramel, right? Okay. So from the brokerage firm, I opened up a trucking firm, right? So I could have the trucks uh, to be able to uh, to finish up the loads. Again, I'll get the trucks, but I was having trouble with the drivers, so I opened up a CDL school. You got me? Mm-hmm. And then once I opened up the CDL school, people were always asking for drivers, and I opened up a staffing company. Talk about this 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 truck that you want to give away now. Let's 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 get into that. So I couldn't think of no better buzz to talk about my online course I'm giving away than to give away a Peterbilt truck. You know what I mean? Three hundred thousand miles, a new engine, new transmission, new- everything. It- I can't see nobody not working with free. free. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, let's get it, man. Let's get it. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. Now, um, recently, recently I've been on this Clubhouse app, y'all. And I don't know who's had an opportunity to get on there yet, but it's really dope. We've made some really, really dope connections with some really dope people. One of the people who I connected with on Clubhouse is here with me today. My brother, Herman Marini. Marini, right? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. You did it right. Marini. Marini. So Herman is like the MVP of Clubhouse right now, man. I see him everywhere. (laughs) He's in every room. He's contributing. It's really dope, man. You know, so Herman and I connected. I said, listen, man, I got to get your story. He has a wealth of knowledge, several different businesses that we're going to talk about and get into today. And also, I think he has a surprise for us at the end of the show, too. So we'll get to that. So, Herman, welcome to Truck and Hustle, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, Romel. It is my pleasure, man. I've heard so much about your show and, and I am um, overjoyed to be here. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's put some context around around yourself and your businesses. Can you tell the Hustle fam the businesses that you run and operate right now? All right. So I have several businesses. Um, The main businesses that I have is my brokerage firm, which is Wing 7 Brokerage. I have a trucking firm, Wing 7 Truck, Truck Team, right? I also have a staffing company as well as two CDL schools. Okay. So you had the brokerage, um, mm-hmm. Wing 7 Trucks, and then you have mm-hmm. uh, C- CDL Mentors, right? Which is your, w- which is for the, uh, for truck driving school. Mm-hmm. And then you said you sta- the staffing company. What's the name of the staffing company again? Johnson Staffing, J O M S O M. Johnson Staffing. It's a franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. All right, man. Let's get into it, man. Let's talk about your journey in transportation. How did you get into transportation, Herman? Let's go back to the beginning. First of all, where are you from? Okay, I am from New Orleans, Louisiana. Born and raised. Um, I went to school at various places: uh, California, Ohio, um, and Texas as well. But I am Team Nola, New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> All right. So, so talk mm-hmm. about it. So, so at what point did you get into transportation? 
All right. So um, I am from here. I grew up in the projects here. I grew up in the St. Bernard housing projects. They call us seven ward hardheads down here. Right. And okay. um, at a very young age, I happened to talk to a truck driver. Right. One of the guys in our neighborhood was a truck driver. And um, I asked him uh, pretty much how much money he was making uh, or bringing home. I, I was just for he was forthright with me. And at that time, uh, remember, this is in the 70s. Okay. So he told me about $500 a week. And you got to okay. know that somebody from the projects, $500 a week sound like a fortune, right? <laughs> so got you. I got fixated on trucking to the point to when I graduated in my yearbook, I said I wanted to be a trucker. Wow. Right? And okay. then I followed, yep, I followed that up because I signed up for the military. And in the military, I signed up for trucking, right? Logistics in general. Okay. And I went to the school there and sadly to say that I got kicked out of the school. Uh, what I mean is that I went in, I didn't have a driver's license, so I didn't know how to drive. And then they were doing uh, sticks, uh, a manual transmission. I had no idea what a manual was. So it was like a, maybe a six week course in week five. It was like, this guy doesn't know how to shift. He doesn't have his license. Uh, so they put me in another section, a logistics section, the warehouse section okay. where, with the forklifts and packing the pack. So I stayed in logistics, but um, I got kicked out of driving. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Got you. So you said you're from Se- Seventh Ward. What's that? Seventh? Yeah, Seventh Ward. New Orleans is broken down to wards. Chicago, maybe even some sections in New York, but New Orleans is bro- broken down into wards. I'm from the Seventh Ward, which is uh, I want to say South New Orleans. There's so, uptown so, and downtown. I'm from downtown. Is is that where? Where's Master P from? How close are you to Master P? Okay, so Master P is from uptown, but the guy who's the DJ, right? He's from the Seventh Ward. Manny Fresh. Ward. Manny Fresh is from the Seventh Ward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Got you. What's What's the difference between those two areas? Is it kind of the same? It is Canal Street. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Canal Street, the dividing line between uptown and downtown, and you know, like most cities, everybody's claiming their sets or something like that. And right, that's right, all right. it is. It's, it's It's not much different when it comes down to everybody know everybody. You know. Got mm-hmm. you. Got you. All right. Cool. So you said you you start learning logistics. You you got kicked out of being a driver. That you weren't quite cut out for driving, right? So, right. so, so, so talk about it. So how'd you get, so, so where'd you go from there At, after you got started learning logistics? What specifically did you learn? Okay, good. So in the Marines, um, as a reservist, you're not going to learn very much, right? They, they, we did some forklift work. Uh, we learned how to pack the bags that the Marines carry on their back in the water bags. And also they've given us a couple of classes on logistics, but nothing serious. Right. So once I came home, um, I went off into um, security, meaning I worked for, um, the prison system, right? As a, okay. as I, I they say they I got a fancy name for it, but I was nothing but a jailer, right? I worked for Louisiana State Prison System, uh, for a minute, uh, for a couple of years, and I didn't like it. I didn't particularly like it at all, right? So then I opened up a nonprofit, helping people to get their B licenses, specifically helping young people, right, to transition because coming up in the project, I lost a lot of my friends, right, to violence, to prison, to uh, that environment. So I wanted to give back by opening up a nonprofit. It was called Caregivers Plus. And we were um, laser focused on helping people to get their CDLB license so they can work for RTA. They can drive school buses, that type of deal. So that's what my first um, entry into teaching um, students on how to get their CDLs. Got you. So at that point, were you still working at the at the correctional facility or you just kind of left left there? Okay, good. So I left there after a couple of years and I went and I went to uh, UNO, University of New Orleans, and I was working for my father-in-law. Um, he had like a, um, a automobile shop. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they sold cars. So I was working there, getting a nonprofit off the ground and going to college. Mm-hmm. OK, got you. So you get the nonprofit off the ground. You're, te- you're teaching people how to get their CDL B license um, so they could dr- basically drive the school buses. That is right. And also for RTA, the Regional Transit Authority. That's where the Trans- money and, and the benefits were. Mm-hmm. Right. The buses. OK, cool. So what happens next? OK, so um, I wanted to go to a bigger school. Right. Um, I was going to University of New Orleans at the time. My father and my family, um, that side is from California, Berkeley to be more specific. So I'm browsing through uh, the catalog and I see that Berkeley is, has the number one public university in the country. And I lived in Berkeley for a short period of time with my dad. And so I, I wanted to, to move out there and attend Berkeley. Right. So me and my friends, we packed up uh, me and my lady at the time. She wasn't my wife. We packed up and we went to uh, Berkeley and me not knowing any better. I'm thinking it's a public university. I can just sign up and I can get in. Right. They stopped right. me at the door, told me I had to be accepted. Right. So I went to a little community college at the time until they processed my application. I was accepted into Berkeley and pre-law was my major. Okay. But this is the thing. Um, that was like a, a, a quick move. Right. So meaning I didn't plan it out. So uh, California is real expensive. <laughs> I found out. Right. So <laughs> yeah. now I'm a struggling student um, trying to do some some work on the side. But I'm struggling. So I re-signed up to go into the to the army. I left the Marines to go in the army as an officer. Right. Um, to learn how to uh, fly helicopters or whatever. Um, so I signed up for that. Um, and I got accepted. I went in on the buddy program with, with my girl. She didn't, she changed her mind, wanted me to get her out of it. So I wound up getting both of us out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And stand up in California, going to Berkeley. And after leaving Berkeley, um, I, I, I had a, a episode, which we'll discuss at a different time. Right. To where <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had an episode where I had needed to raise money, right? Because okay. I was broke out there. I went through that episode. Um, I learned a lot of knowledge. Um, I didn't make uh, as much money as I thought, right? And then from there, I went down to Texas, uh, finished up my degree. Uh, it was a associate degree. Um, I moved back to California, finished up a couple of other degrees. Um, coming back to Louisiana, finished up at McNeese State, finished up in uh, um, uh, all my degrees deal with business. It didn't matter if it was business and marketing, entrepreneurship, or whatever the case might be. And I wind up um, years later finishing up uh, seven college degrees, right? So I was just my school phase. I was like, I I had no direction at the time, but this is the thing. And this is how I got into trucking really heavy. While I was going to school, um, I was driving trucks for for people with FedEx, right? The person had a contract with FedEx and they needed team drivers, right? And so my wife was like, I'll be your team driver. So I taught her how to get a permit and I taught her how to get a license and I taught her how to get to drive. And she was scared to death of automobiles. And so that was my aha moment. If I could teach my wife who was scared how to do this and give her a system to do it. Right. I figured I could teach anybody. So, mm. so from there I got into uh, to trucking, I opened up a brokerage firm. Right. And the brokerage firm was, was, was really good, except I had trouble finding drivers, Romel, right? Okay. So from the brokerage firm, I opened up a trucking firm, right? So I could have the trucks um, to be able to uh, to finish up the loads. Again, I'll get the trucks, but I was having trouble with the drivers, so I opened up a CDL school. You got me? Mm-hmm. And then once I opened up the CDL school, people were always asking for drivers, and I opened up a staffing company. So the progression kind of went from, me getting into trucking, 
learning that it wasn't that hard to me saying that, um, let me open up this firm. And I found a need, which is the brokerage firm that I needed trucks to open up a trucking firms. I needed drivers to open up a CDL school. And then I needed to find the drivers a job that weren't with me. So I opened up a staffing company. So that's been the, the progression. You know, it just made sense to me. Okay, got you. So I'm just trying to put my wrap my head around everything. All right. So you said you were able to teach your wife how to drive to 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 be your 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 co co driver. Right. The permit process was the thing. I had the, to teach her how how to uh to study for her permit and how you. to do a pre trip inspection. And so I came up with a system that allowed ah. me to do that. And later on, uh, I was awarded from that for the governor of Louisiana. And later on, we received an award from the Small Business Association. Um, for one of the fastest growing business as far as the CDL school and also the trucking company. Mm-hmm. Got you. Because I was going to say, I was going to say, man, didn't you just say a little bit earlier that they kicked you out of driving school? How are you teaching somebody how to drive and you can't drive? <laughs> man, that's a, I love that. So the, the first thing we drove was just the B truck, was the box trucks. Remember, I was helping people get their B right. licenses. Right, and I right, tell right. people the box truck is nothing but uh, a U-Haul with a, with a, with a, um, a sleeper on it. That's what mm. you see the FedEx uh, expedited loads. And that's what we were doing. Right. So right. you're absolutely right. So when I opened up my driving school, I bought in trained um, instructors that could teach people how to do the 18 wheelers. But they had to use the pre-trip inspection uh, uh, system that I put in place. And from there, they would teach people how to uh, straight back, how to alley dock, how to offset that type of deal. Got you. So you were able to simplify the the hundred or so touch points when you're doing the pre-trip to make sure they catch everything, you know, stand in front of the truck, look at the top, look at the bottom, check for oil underneath the wheels, all that good stuff. And you're able to simplify that for people. Man, listen, we put in an acronym system and the acronym system was so successful is we had like the highest passing rate. Um, they say in Louisiana, I want to stay in the country on the pre-trip because, as you know, the pre-trip, that 140 port trips a lot of people up. In fact, I heard somebody on YouTube said he 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 was so determined not to go to school, but it took him two years to pass his pre-trip. So in my estimate, I said, no, I am going. I don't have two years to waste. Right. So I went in and I just uh, looked at a bunch of videos, uh, put my learning um, together from logistics and everything else. And I simplify a system would make it easier for students to pass that part of the test. Mm-hmm. Can you can you share a little bit about that, about that system that you put in place? I mean, not to get too deep into it, but you said it's an acronym mm-hmm. system. So what 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 is the acronym? How, how do you how does okay, that work? Good, good. So you said something earlier about being in front of the truck. Right. Mm-hmm. So before you get into uh, the truck, uh, most uh, states have a uh, you need to know the language. Right. And the language is the most important part of the truck. So let me give you an example. Correct. So um, one thing that you say. Um, when you're going for the test that 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 part, let's talk about the alternator. The alternator is the Keeley Mount. We are here live at OTR Solutions HQ. I'm here with my partner, Jonathan. Man, listen, factoring is an integral part of the transportation industry. Why is factoring important? Absolutely, Ramel. In this economy, in this market, cash flow is king. Cash flow is the key to growth. If you have a young trucking company or if you've been in the industry for years and you want to take that business to the next level, we're absolutely a company that can help. So I hope you'll give us a call today. Let us know what we can do to help you out. Get the rest and roll with the best. Let's go. Right. It is not bent, broken or cracked. Right. It Mm -hmm. is um, belt driven. 
or whatever the case might be. So the acronyms goes like if SM, like the real SM, not the S and M you're talking about, right? So SM stands for securely mounted. And the second thing, if it's metal, you'll say uh, um, not BBC, it's not bent, broken, or cracked. You got me? Mm, if it's okay. fluid or something, or let's say that it's rubber and not metal, you might say no ABC, no abrasions, bulges, or cuts, right? Mm. And then if air or if something passes through it, you say it's no leaks. And if you got tongue tied, the last one is a hip, all hardware in place. So my students go, they know the language off the bat because most places say you have to say at least two things about an item, but they learn right away that they can say securely mounted, not been broken or cracked, or all hardware in place, or no leaks about almost anything. So if you just say this here, you'll pass the test. If you say securely mounted, not been broken or cracked, you pretty much got the language down. So you touch that part and you say securely mounted, not been broken or cracked. You good to go. You got you, got you. So yeah, now nah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent That's that's very smart, man. I like that because, like you said, they mm -hmm. want you to make they want you to make sure that you have the language and that you say those specific things. So you were able to attach the acronyms to it to where people, like you said, a hip and all these yes. little things that can help people remember th th those terms in specific. That is those absolutely specific terms. right. So that's the first part. The second part is LLL, like LL Cool J. L, yep. L, L, your lights, leans, and leaks. So you talk about your lights. Your lights are securely mounted. They're not bent, broken, or cracked. You know what I'm saying? They're the proper color, right? Then you talk about whether or not your vehicle is leaning. You look at the leans and say uh, the vehicle uh, is not leaning because if it were leaning, it might be because of a flat or uh, uh, un, uh, uneven load or something like that. And then you talk about the leaks. So you said it earlier, but my students know to talk about the three L's, the first thing they talk about, right? The lights, the uh, the leans, and the leaks. And then they know the mm. next acronym is AWA, right? Alternator water pump air compressor to talk about the engine components. You got me? And then the next uh, acronym is COP. They talk about the coolant, the oil, and the power steering, the fluids. So they have a, a methodical way to go to the truck using the language to describe those parts on the truck. Mm -hmm. I like I, I love that, man. I love that. How how long does it typically take a student to pick to pick up on this this language that you created in these acronyms? Uh, I give them about three. To seven days if they're full time about three days right i mean to be able to not just do the acronym but to go in front of the truck and to do the whole procedure and that's right. we like i said now you're confident once they they get that part there the confidence level grows because a lot of people don't know anything about uh 18 wheels transportation like i didn't right and so i know what they what they're going through so i use that experience that that horrible experience says okay let me make this simple and then that builds their confidence up to go to the to the next levels you understand? So that's that's um, that's the secret sauce It's when the students build up their confidence to know that they can describe this truck. Uh, the, one of the hardest procedures to pass in your exam, man, that that nothing like a confident student, you know, got you. And what, what's what's your success? What's your pass? Your pass rate of students who come through your your, your driving school? OK, so we're over 95 percent for the whole school. Right. But for the pre-trip inspection, which is a separate thing, because in Louisiana, you could uh, pass the pre-trip and maybe fail another part, but you don't have to do the pre-trip anymore. And that's like most places. So the pre-trip, we had 100. On that mm. examination itself, we had 100%. And this is why we was awarded, uh, like I said, by uh, by the governor and the Small Business Association, right? But uh, from there, um, because you can't cover everything, some students get nervous. So we're about 95 96% complete passing rate using the system in place. And we have such excellent instructors. I would like to take credit, but I tell you, um, in both locations, and one of them, we got all female staff in Lake Charles, and they are just outstanding, right? They have 
pretty much the highest passing rate of females in the whole country. And then Lake Charles is all males and they're following behind the women, but they're still outstanding. Mm-hmm. Got you. Got you. That's awesome, man. I wish I would have had something like that when I got my CDL, man, because that was a very it was very difficult to to learn. And it was also um, extremely intimidating, you know, when you when you're just learning about the truck and they want you to basically be a mechanic. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? You're you're, yes. you're 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 trying to figure out how to drive and you're you're worried about that part. And then they're like, you got to name all these parts of this truck that you're not familiar with. And they want you to basically be a mechanic. So, um, yeah, that that's awesome. man. the fact that you came up with that is is mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Um, Thank you. Question. Start talk. Let's talk about because we like to always talk about and touch on the business side of things. What does yes. it take to start to start a uh, to start a CDL school? OK, good. So to. You, I, I could say anybody could start a school. That's not a, the thing. But what you need to do is to get in with the Board of Regents because now you're able to accept students from workforce or job one, right? And and they pay their whole tuition, like a, a class a, a CDL. My school charges $5,500 for A and $2,300 for a B, right? And most people don't have that type of money. So we guide them to go to the workforce, right, to check off the list. And the workforce will do it. So, but I tell people to have at least, if you want to do it between fifty and seventy thousand, because you you're going to have some expenses. You're going to have uh, not only your insurance expenses, but you're going to have to buy the equipment, right? You got to find a location, and also you're going to have to uh, advertise. You follow me. So, between fifty and seventy thousand should I allow you, you to open up a school, correct? But if you have to go to getting approved to be able to get those students through the government programs, got me. That's that's, you- that's the secret. You said that's called the Board of Regions? Yeah, in Louisiana, we had to go to the Board of Regions. I had to go in front of the board, prove to them that I had the knowledge. I have a business plan. I had the stuff for them to give me the um, the authority um, to run under the Board of Regions so I can accept those payments from those different government agencies. And then uh, as you, I think, two years in business, you're able to get, uh, do the Pell Grants, do the VA loans, stuff like that. So you're able to expand further. But it all starts with everybody wants you to be through your Board of Regions because uh, you can easily have somebody to scam somebody, open up a school, and they don't do the right thing. As you know, you're in this field. So the Board of Regents is your oversight. And once you're accredited by them, then you're able to accept uh, accept those funding, government funding. Got you. How many different schools are in your area just off the top of your head? Are there a lot of schools or not Okay, many? so there's major schools. It's not like there's many. So um, in Louisiana, there's uh, Coastal and there's also a Diesel academy and they're large and they've been in business longer they just they're not they haven't been awarded like i have and they don't have such a high passing rate and i always say and not to knock them but their thing is to get the students in and then get them into one of those programs like with snyder or or, or one of those programs that's their bread and butter right yeah. my bread yeah. and butter is you come in and let the government pay for your your license then you go where you want to go i mean yeah no, hundred percent. I remember when I got my license, those uh, kind of programs, I, I went to a kind of a big school here in Jersey as well. And mm-hmm. those programs actually would come and sit down with us before we actually even got out there before when we were still learning uh, just the permit stuff, they would Correct. actually come and sit down and, and start pitching, you know, come to Swift or recruiters, come to Snyder's. Recruiters. They're, they're yes. recruiting already yes. before you, before you even get in the truck, before you right. even turn the key, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, a hundred percent. That That's for sure. Um, that's dope, man. All right. So let's let's talk about uh, some of the trucking stuff. Let's talk about wing seven trucks. Let's get into that. Yes, sir. OK, so like I told you before, um, I started with my wife in the box truck. Right. And it was working for somebody else. 
And this was maybe about four years ago, correct? Yep. And um, I liked it. I, I really did. It was uh, easy as a B license, uh, expedited. You pick up something from one business, you bring it onto the next business. Nothing else is on the truck. It's just get it there. I like that type of hustle, right? But um, I prefer to work for myself, right? So I went into this business, learned how it went, and then I went into the bank and um, I got financed for my own truck, correct? No money down. Um, but um, And to be transparent, I learned what they needed before I went in, right? Okay. My business was uh, over a year old. Um, my credit score was was excellent. And we'll get into that uh, a little later in the podcast. But I already had the checkoff list. I knew I needed a website, EIN number, articles, incorporation. So I had everything that they needed, right? I also had my, um, my, my one year of taxes at that time. And so I went in and they approved me no money down for uh, one of those uh, trucks that I put on with FedEx. And me and my wife, we got in and we ran it and we liked it. And I'm thinking that I can just start expanding. So I bought me two more FedEx trucks and I bought me um, some 18 wheelers using the same process that I told you before. Right. And I, I was really liking this trucking thing because now um, I have my brokerage firm and now I have my trucks on, but they're on with FedEx. FedEx give us the load. But then I started um, getting more trucks to be able to to take a flat flatbed load, trailer load, dropping hook and that type of stuff. So in, over the next four year period, um, we've had over 20 something trucks. And the last year I, I maneuvered into the dump truck stuff. And so I went to these uh, organizations, these these places like Kenworth and Old River, and they they combined gave me over six trucks, over a million dollars worth of trucks, dump trucks. That is. Mm -hmm. OK, so. The, the the first business that you started was the the box truck company, right? That was a, that was the first okay. business. Okay, so the very first one was the brokerage firm. I drove okay. in the box truck, but okay. my first one was was the um was the brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. So before before the before uh the the CEO mentors and and, and yes. the teaching them, the brokerage firm, right? That was the yes, first sir. thing. That was All the right, first so, one. So so let's get back to that. So we kind of build 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 it up and build the story. How yes. did we get into brokerage? Okay, so. I had a friend, he he had uh, box trucks without CDLs. He had it under the 26,000 limit. He was out of uh, LA, no Frisco, I'm sorry. He was in the Bay Area. He was in the Bay Area and he was doing really well with it. So I was talking to him. He said, well, listen, if I had to do all over again, I would do it as a brokerage, right? Because as a brokerage, you don't have the overhead. You ain't have the insurance. You don't have the expenses and everything else. So I looked, I did some research on it. Um, I took a couple of classes. And I opened up my brokerage, Wing Seven Brokerage, uh, first because on the advice of my friend. Okay, got got you. So at mm -hmm. this point, what were you doing before you started the brokerage? Um, before I was in school. Okay, so you came fr fresh out of school and got into the brokerage. All That's right, so right. talk talk about that. So you're you're doing brokerage for what kind of trucks? Box trucks, eighteen wheelers. What 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 are you doing? Okay, so refrigerated was the first thing. Um, that I looked into because I looked up and got a, a contract with a uh, with something called Big Easy. They move they move a refrigerated food. They move food, but they move it refrigerated. So that was okay. my first one. So we were um, we were going after the refrigerated market, right? It's okay. ultra competitive, and, and they have big people with with stuff. And so I started expanding out to um, to flatbeds. I really did never got into the box truck part of it because I don't think that's very lucrative, right? So we was mostly doing uh, we started refrigerated. Then we did flatbeds and then we went to trailers at, at the brokerage firm. That was um that was the three areas we were concentrating in. Got you. So at the at the the top, the the I guess let's say the pinnacle of your brokerage firm, how many mm -hmm. carriers did you work with? How many customers? Just to get an idea about the size of your business. Okay, so when we first started, we didn't have anything, right? So we started, um, I got some freight 
agents and trained some, sent them to training school. And then we started dialing numbers. We started dialing numbers, dialing numbers. And in the first month, I think I, I had got maybe four or five uh, shippers my first month. The next month, we added like 10 or 15. I think at the pinnacle, I had maybe over close to 100 shippers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got you. And about how many carriers were you working with at that time? Not very many, right? So, because we were like everybody else, we we're placing them on the low board. We didn't have relationship with carriers. Right. So that's what made me want to open up my own trucking company because uh, I was having trouble um, getting trucks that would just run for me. They would run for whoever would pay the most. I would post it on the board. So that's what made me um, started getting my own trucks. You got me. So I think at the sec, the thing I would use other carriers. Right. I was using Werner um, to to do the flatbed load. Right. I had relationship with with Snyder and with some of the larger ones, but nothing of it was like dedicated. It's nothing like if I called and said I wanted something, I'm being pushed to the back of the line like it's availability. You got me? Got you. So that's what pushed me toward opening up my, my trucking company so I don't have to just rely. I'll be pushed to the back of the line when I need something moved. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay, cool. So so now we get into opening up the trucking company. That's right? correct. And, and, and that's Wing 7 Trucks. All yes, right, so, sir. So, so at the pinnacle of that, you said you were at about 20 trucks? Yeah, I was over 27 trucks counting those dump trucks that I was telling you about, right? Okay. I think I'm probably, I want to say 23 because my last 18 wheeler had 17 on it before I got the six dump trucks. So probably about 23 trucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, you're, the, first, the first part of the operation, you were just running like general freight, right? Before you got yeah. into the dump trucks? Right. And, so you said, first, and you said refrigerated also, right? Correct. So my brokerage was, was concentrating on refrigerated. But um, remember, I was telling you that the first part of my trucks was the box trucks, right? Yep. I got refrigerated yep. box trucks and two reg- general uh, movement box trucks, for, and I laced them onto FedEx, and that was the first part. And then I wanted to expand it to the 18-wheelers, and then we start buying semis. So my next okay. purchases were semis, and then after that, um, I started leasing them, uh, leasing some of the uh, 18-wheelers as well because I had got a very good unlimited miles and very good lease rates with Ryder and some other people. And then um, I talked to some other friends and they were killing it in the dump truck because they was leased on the Gilcrest and uh, Sibony with the dump truck. So then I started using my credit um, to acquire uh, uh, dump trucks. OK, got you. So when you were running at 18 wheelers, what were you running? Uh, freight liners, uh, primarily freight lines. And I was leasing them on to FedEx. And then we were also doing okay. flatbed loads um, because um, in the brokerage firm, we had got a bunch of stuff to move wood. Right. Uh, from the different places all over. And so we got a lot of flatbed, flatbed related uh, uh, um, trucks. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. All right. So then you said you expand into dump trucks now. Yes. So I talked you, to, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I was saying, yes. I, I was going to repeat what you said. You said you talked to a friend of yours or yes. you had to connect with some dump trucks. Go ahead and talk about that. Good. So there, a friend of mine has a cousin, a female uh, out of Houston, Texas, and she has, I want to say about 11 dump trucks. So I talked to her. And she said, our weather permitting, she's making a good amount of money with these dump trucks, right? And so um, she told me her dump trucks were making anywhere from 80 to $100 something dollars an hour. They were staying busy when the weather wasn't uh, real bad, right? And if I was to get into it, um, get on to a broker that specialized in it, like Sibony, or, or do directly with Gilcrest, and then I can get um, uh, I can get locked in on some some nice, reasonable rates. Okay. Right? So okay. I did, and I got on with Sibony and said, sent my trucks up north. And I called North, Northern Louisiana on a, a two or three month job. Uh, I think it was two months, two and a half months. And it paid really well. And after that, um, 
I was I, I got a contract with Gilcrest to put them on the interstate to be able to move uh to be able to move uh rocks uh, asphalt or just help to expand or build rebuild the interstate. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay, so if you had to compare the two, what did you like? What did you like more? Did you like do you like the dump trucks or do you like the eighteen wheelers, the box trucks? Like what business work was working the best for you as far as bottom line profit margins, so forth and so on? All right, good. So I'm gonna say this. Uh, the box trucks did because they were leased onto organization FedEx that had continuous contracts, right? And the insurance by leasing onto them, my insurance rates was really low. So for us, the box trucks, that was really good. You can pay the drivers. Now that's the, that's the upside. The downside to the box trucks is that the, the drivers have to stay out three or four weeks and it's a team because teams make the most money with that. So you don't always get them compatible when it's time to come home. Somebody's staying in Florida, somebody's staying in Texas, right? So I'll say the box trucks, if you get a married team in them, in there is probably um, the best situation you could be in because I do have a, a married team in my refrigerated box truck and they were my highest grossing, uh, my highest grossing team. You got me? Because refrigerated, I can do it both ways, refrigerated and or regular uh, freight and the team stay at one location so I didn't have to worry about on my truck being in the middle uh, of, of who's going to who's going to bring the truck home type of deal. Correct. But the gotcha. insurance saving on the insurance because FedEx is a large organization. My insurance was much cheaper that way. You understand? Gotcha. So that's yeah. the that's the thing. But the downside to that is when FedEx slows down like they did. Right. You're, you're going to slow down, too. And you're going to be looking for uh, uh, other avenues. And they allow you if you have your own authority to cover up their name and run under your own authority. By me having a brokerage firm, I was still able to find find some um, routes or lanes for my drivers, even if FedEx had slowed down at the time. They have since rebounded, but they went through a period where they had slowed down, especially when Amazon took um, took some work away from them. Right? Got you. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, now, so what did... Go ahead. Were you saying So, yes. So the, the, the downsides, the 18 wheelers make a lot of money, Right. But the downside is the drivers because the drivers don't like to stay home. wait, don't like to stay on the road too long. They like to wake up next to something warm as much as they can. Right. <laughs> For real. And then with the 18 wheelers, you also have to worry about other drivers taking care of your, your, your equipment like they should. Correct. Cause you know, mm. one, one repair, take your whole profit. Right. Mm. Uh, I remember I had one instance, one driver, I don't know what she did, but she had flattened four of my tires. Right. Mm. I don't know what she did. It never came out straight, but I know I had to pay for four tires. And that was my whole profit on that particular run. So with the 18 wheelers, it's great money. But I tell people that if you do the 18 wheelers, you have to have the dedicated lanes. Running a low board will, will, will run you regularly, right? And it's not consistent money. And what I mean is that a friend of mine in Dallas, he started at 21, 22 with one truck. He got a dedicated lane with a meat company, a large meat company, and they're up to 50 trucks, 30 of his own, 20 leasing, right? He's 28, 29 years old. He had to bring in, um, bring in a board to help him manage that, right? Mm. But it was the difference is he had dedicated accounts. And so that's what I tell people. If you get the dedicated accounts with the 18-wheelers, you're golden. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you, got you. So, mm-hmm. so, okay, So, and then you said the dump trucks, obviously, their uh, hourly job. Um, you said you have, you, you had, uh, a, a interstate job that you were doing with them or something like that. Right. So those are the best ones. Cause sometimes they're the consistent thing I told you about. They're two years. They're normally two or more years. So you got your dump trucks on the job that's out. Um, that's pretty much if the weather permits is running for the, for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay. All right. So now you have 
this brokerage. Mm-hmm. You, you start adding on your trucks. You have 20 something trucks. You bring on the dump trucks and then mm-hmm. you start the, the staffing company. Right. That's next. Well, the CDL school is next. The CDL school. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Because because, you know, that drivers are hard in this area. Drivers are hard with the baby boomers. They're retiring. Right. Um, people don't when it's a good economy, it's hard to get the drivers to want to stay over the road when the economy is good. And we had both of those. Uh, a lot of the old heads was retiring when they moved to this new ELD system. They were, they wanted to retire anyway, but this new ELD system kind of pushed them. And then you get the economy doing good. So it's hard to find drivers. Right. And so, right. yeah. So I opened up a school to um to get my drivers, me not knowing that only a few insurance companies will take new drivers. Right. Because in order to get the best rates, you need to have season at least two years or better to get the best rates. You got right. me? Gotcha. And yeah, but this, believe it or not, people still need a drivers for dump trucks, straight trucks, and driving for everything else. So the drivers did. But I noticed that um, finding in this good economy, finding drivers that wanted to stay over the road was an issue. So the dump trucks helped that, whereas the people were able to stay uh, stay more local. Mm-hmm. Got you. Okay, cool. And then lastly, you go into the staffing. That is exactly right, because as you know, right, that people are always looking for uh, for drivers, correct? Mm-hmm. And also, um, they're looking for all type of workers, because one of the people that came to my, my school was a recruiting to recruit was a staffing agency. They wanted to staff drivers, right? And I thought that was just fantastic, whereas here I can train them and then send them somewhere and then still make money, right? And then also, you can provide jobs, because that's not the only job. Warehouses are calling um, they're looking for uh, people to uh, customer relationship specialists is what they're called, right? They're always looking for people to work. And in this pandemic era, era, right, um, they are looking for people to work from home. So, yes, the staffing was like the next progression. Um, even if I didn't have job for drivers, they still were looking for work. So I would just uh, fill that fill that boy. Mm-hmm. Got you. So would you would you pretty much transition the drivers that graduated from your school into your staffing agency? Is that kind of like how it works? Yes, exactly. So they were going there. But just remember that most people are looking for seasoned drivers it's for their right. insurance purposes. But the people that's doing the dump trucks or even let's say FedEx, if I send them a FedEx, FedEx on the beach truck don't require any any experience and they got the insurance to cover it. So you can right. go to those expedited companies and they'll take you right away. And even after six months, they'll take you on the 18 wheeler. You got me. So you didn't need a whole lot. So even though they were new drivers, I would direct them into areas where they can uh, they can practice their craft. Okay, got you. Can you talk a little bit about your staffing model and getting your staffing agency up and running? Yeah. So I didn't know much about staffing at all. So I decided to go the franchise route. Right. So I contacted um, this um, this this wonderful uh, person who owns Johnson Staffing. He ran an ad. I seen it. And um, I talked to him for uh, a number of weeks. Um, I liked his model. Um, he he's really focuses on tech. Tech was the area. He has a lot of tech contracts, right? But Louisiana okay. is not known as a tech hub. I'm going to be honest with you. It's more of a blue collar thing. And I told him that, but he was okay. So um, I gave him um, the money needed for the franchise. He gave me the, the back office stuff. And I hired some people that, that they've been doing staffing for a number of years. And we've been very fortunate. I got they've they've landed some big contracts down here. Um, one contract, the staffer landed me a two million dollar flatbed contract. Well, she was going in there to ask about staffing, and they said they needed truckers. And so that was that was very very lucrative for me. She's not going to do it for one thing, and we wind up with a, a contract to move some um some some bins around on the flatbed from plant mm. to plant out here. Mm-hmm. 
Got you. So your guys are all paid hourly, right? They they basically work for you, but they work for the other company and you pay them hourly, an hourly. Right. So let me tell you how it works. And I think it's very good. So I'll give you one, one, one example. One company want to pay me $28 an hour for a driver. And then we, we work a relationship with the driver, him being home five days a week, this, that, and the other. And he may take anywhere from 18 to $20. You got me? Okay. Uh, got- Got you. Right. And then and then you guys take care of their workers' compensation and all that. They're yes. your employees and the, the company doesn't have to deal with all that. You take care That's of that. right. Unless the company wants them, then they'll buy the contract out. Right. We're guaranteed 540 hours. And if they like want them before, then they can buy the contract out. Or once the, per- the person finished, they can go work for the company because the company got to, to um, without they can try it without buying it. They could try it before they buy it. They could try this employer to make sure he comes on time. He does what he's supposed to be doing. And if not, it's not their benefit. They don't have to put him into the union or nothing. It's sort of like a uh, like a, like an intern, I like to say. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. For sure. Do you guys do like direct placements also or just like yes. you just. OK. Yes. So you also have. Placement. So there's come directly to you and then you could place them for a fee. Um, That's right. Whatever, whatever company is hiring. That is correct. Awesome. All right, man. So how, how do you manage all these different businesses, man? You're extremely busy, I, I would assume. Um, so how, how do you manage all these different things? I mean, currently, what what do you have still going? Are all these businesses still going at the same time? That is absolutely right. So this is what I did. I'm going to tell you my mistake, right? So what I did was um, I came in, um, I started with um, a guy named Robert, right? He came in, he started when we started at first. And I put a lot of stuff on Robert back, meaning when I was doing the brokerage firm, uh, Robert would be doing, um, he'd be doing the payroll at the time. Um, he would be making calls at the time, whatever it needed, right? Then I brought in um, some agents. I sent them to school, taught them, put them on the phone, right? So that was the thing. But uh, as I was growing to trucking, to uh, CDL, to staffing, I gave more and more to Rob, right? And and when Rob got sick, he had caught cancer, right? Mm. Um, yes. So um, that hurt me a lot because I was so Rob dependent. You got me? I had other managers. I mean, I have a manager. I have a wonderful manager over the CDL school. I have a, I, she's a vice president of operations. I have a vice president of operations over the staffing, right? Uh, I also had, uh, uh, um, Rob was doing the brokerage firm though, Right. And he was also over the trucking company as well because he we came up together. He knew the lingo. He knew the shippers. He knew what to say, that type of stuff. So when he got hurt, it slowed down a lot of stuff on the brokerage side to the point where I want to train people and give them an equity position in the brokerage because the brokerage has it has age on it. It has, you know, clientele. But I'm looking for to train or looking for somebody to come in that's hungry. Right. And, and um, offer different equity positions to these freight agents so they can run the operation. Since Rob got sick, I, I, that opening is there. And But now I'm going to offer equity instead of an hourly rate to, to the worker. You got me? Got you. So that's actually an opportunity that you're presenting right now. You're looking for somebody to come in and partner with you to, uh, to help to continue the, the brokerage going. That's right. It's, it's like because, you know, as you know, people don't like dealing with new brokers firm. They look to see how long you've been in. And then, and right. if you already have relationships with, with other people and how you're doing with them, you know, so I, it is an excellent opportunity because I'll be honest with you, you're absolutely right. I'm doing just doing so much that I don't have time to just get into one thing and just dig in deep or go in and manage it myself. So now I'm looking for uh, equity partners or sweat uh, people to bring in sweat capital. Mm-hmm. Got you. And how many how old is uh, what's the age on the uh, brokerage right now? Four years. Mm-hmm. OK. 
Okay, mm-hmm. got you, got you, got you. All right. So and then and then the what about the trucking, the trucking as the trucking company? Right. So Arab was also doing the trucking company as well. So now I'm I am going to transition out of trucking into online e-commerce, teaching people how to do the pre-trip inspection and everything else. So the same thing, I'm looking for people to come in that um because I have the assets already. They can come in and they can partner with me or they can get the individual trucks and they can lease them because um, part of my thing is a leasing company as well and have that opportunity for other drivers. Mm-hmm. OK, got you. So how, how many pieces of equipment do you ha- ha- currently have now that's available for people to to come in? I mean, for people listening, somebody may, may be interested in this opportunity. So, wh- yes, wh- so what are you, you saying so, on? Right. So I'm going to do the same thing with all six dump trucks. And the majority of my trucks, but some of them I use for my school. So probably I want to say maybe about 16 pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's tractors and trailers together yes, or just yes. tractors? Well, mostly the tractors, but I do have the trailers, but I usually let my students uh, practice with the trailers. You know? Okay. <laughs> how many trailers you have? Like two trailers or what do you have? Yeah, I have about trailers? six trailers. Six mm-hmm. trailers? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. That's, 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 that's awesome, man. So this is actually an opportunity for people, anybody listening who, you know, may want a turnkey business of sorts, um, you go, you guys could have an opportunity to get in here. Now, you said you want to get into to o- online e-commerce and you want to start teaching what you're teaching in the school, um, the pre-trip, the acronym, so forth and so on. Is that what you're looking to do? Yes. In fact, I've already made the uh, online course. They made it animated, right? It looks like a, a little instructor looks like me, except he's not as old, right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, the people can come in and learn about trucking in general, right? Then learn how to get their permit then learn how to do the pre-trip inspection, right? And if they decide to come to the, um, get the hands-on stuff, we're going to direct them like in New Jersey where to go to get the backing part of it because you already know how to do the pre-trip. You got your permit and everything else. And then we'll, we'll direct you there, all right? If you want to come here to Louisiana, um, we can come down and we can help you get your um, your license in about 14 days because have the online stuff is already uh, already in place where you can go online and take all the courses. You know, you remember you had to take your hours of service, your mapping, and all of those courses, right? Now you can do all that online. And it's from accredited school. I'm accredited by Louisiana Board of Regents. And then if you want to come down, it'd be like maybe 10 days to teach you how to back up. And so you'll have your you can have your license as little as 14 days to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Got you. And where can people find that? Is they said it's online now? Yes. Yeah, so it's CDL Mentors. Uh you can go to uh cdlmentors.com uh, and sign up. Um and or you can go to CDL Mentors BR, which is Baton Rouge location. And you can sign up as well. Or you can reach me on my Instagram at Marini Herman, which is M-A-R-I-G-N-Y, my first name, Herman, uh, on Instagram. And you can always uh, DM me. Got you. Got you. All right, brother. Well, listen, talk about this 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 truck that you want to give away now. Let's 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 get into that. First yes. of all, what, what mm-hmm. made you want to give away a truck? OK, good. man. that's a great question. Right. So I was generating buzz for the online school, Ramel. Right. So I couldn't think of no better buzz to talk about my online course I'm giving away than to give away a Peterbilt truck. You got okay. me. It has 300,000 miles. Right. Um, I think it's a, a 1989 model, I believe. Right. But it's in okay. excellent shape. You go to uh, CDR Mentors, B, you know, uh, um, uh, BRGiveaway.com, BRGiveaway.com. And it's going to give you all the information about the truck, about the raffle, about that type of uh, about what's going on with that. Got you. And at what point do you want to uh, actually pick the winner for this truck? Okay, beautiful. So I've reached out to you and I would love to do it on your show or or, 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 or what we're doing now. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be February 14 is going to be the day that we give it away, that we, we, we're going to select um, someone 
through a, a third party company that's gonna um gonna manage the raffle, right? And then I would like to give it away on your show because you have the oh. number one podcast in the world, <laughs> right? I can't think of a better venue. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. I appreciate that. So just so what, what do people have to do? They have to go online and they have to fill out a registration form? Yes, go online to brgiveaway.com, right? And then you put in your information and then I'm going to send that to the to the raffle people and they're they're going to reach back out to you and give you your raffle, your your digital raffle, raffle ticket, right? And then from there, we're going to be on your show and and have have you or somebody select uh, the winner for uh, for the Peterbilt truck. No doubt. So they get a free a truck, free and clear, fully paid for. No no strings attached. It's, it's all theirs. They take it. It's, it's theirs, right? They get the titles, free and it's, clear. It's, it's it got a little age on it, but hey, you can work with it. You know what I mean? Three hundred thousand miles, a new engine, new transmission, new, everything. It, it, I can't see nobody not working with free. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact, man. That's a mm-hmm. fact. I love it. I love it. Talk to me about uh, what you've been learning on Clubhouse, man. I know you've been on there for the last couple, maybe what, couple weeks? Well, weakest. How'd you get on Clubhouse anyway? Who invited you to Clubhouse? Oh, man, it's, it's wow. Two people had told me about it previously and I blew them off, right? Uh, okay. One person said, um, I remember this young lady, she's into credit repair. She, they're into real estate, uh, Airbnb. They're the bomb. My mother and daughter, uh, Rashana and her daughter, uh, Jay Savan, they had told me about it. And, you know, and by her being younger, I'm thinking it's something for young people. Right. I just automatically stereotyped it. And she was like, right. man, this is app clubhouse. Man, I think you would like it. And it's just that and the other. Right. And I was like, OK, well, thank you, Jay Siobhan. And I just did it. Her mother followed up maybe a week or so. She said, have you heard about Clubhouse? I said, yes, your daughter told me about it. She said, yeah, she invited me on. She said, I encourage you to do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not listening, right? Right. And then one of my good friends from Alabama, he contacted me. He said, man, uh, stop what you're doing. Uh, download this app. I'm going to invite you on this, right? Man, this is your venue. You like to talk. You've got accolades. You've been awarded by the Small Business you know, Association. You've been awarded by the governor, right? And people listen and migrate to you. So I want you to stop what you're doing. Sign up to this app. And I'll be honest with you, when I got on, at first, I did not like it, Romel, right? Mm. I'm brand new. I'm in the rooms and people are talking. I'm a doer. I like to do stuff, right? And they're just talking and talking. Then I got in one room and they they connected and did a deal together, right? And mm. man, that was it for me. When two people mm. didn't know each other connected and they did a deal together and the deal was uh, successful for both ends, I was all in. I was Mr. Clubhouse then, right? <laughs> right. Yes, sir. I went in and got my bio, fixed up my bio, right? And then um, I just started um, sharing a little knowledge that I had on on how to start a trucking company, stuff that you need, how to get uh, financing for trucks, right? And then they would invite me to speak. And the rest is, um, I absolutely loved it. I went, uh, what would you call it, 180, right? <laughs> I went from not liking the app to absolutely loving the app because you get to, listen, the app is how I met you. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. from the stuff that you talked about and I seen the people, the caliber of people you had interviewed and the things that they were doing. Right. So here I'm in my little small world thinking I missed the big stuff. And I get on this app <laughs> and these people, these people are doing the damn thing. Right. No doubt. And that's no what doubt. you want. You want to be in a surrounding where people are networking and elevating. And yes. that's what Clubhouse is about. Right. That's what 100%. it's about. And I, um, I'm all in. I'm all in. So whenever you can drop jewels or whatever you can do, and it's helping with my transition to e-commerce because there's so many people with so much knowledge, not just the hacking part, but actual real real world experience, knowledge to help you to elevate. So I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. For, for sure. Since being there, what is the 
if you could think, what's the best question somebody's asked you on Clubhouse? Hmm. There's so many, but I'm going to tell you this from my standpoint, they, they asked me how to get the funding to open up a trucking company. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they ask different things, but in the end, that's what they want to know. Uh, how, what's the process to open up my trucking company? How do I get the funding? And after I get the funding or what type of accounts that I, I, I should go after, you got me, but how to get the funding to open up my, my trucking company, but any type of company. And I always tell them that it's the credit. You fix your personal credit and then you transition into business credit. And this country, America will give you anything that you want with good personal and business credit. They don't care about your race, your color, your, your creed, anything. They want to know your credit score. And let me tell you this, Ramon, this is how I know, right? I deal with a number of bankers, right? I mean, from Capital One, Wells Fargo, I got accounts, you name it, I got account there. It's a little small farmers, credit unions, right? Not one banker in all these years have ever asked about me having seven college degrees, graduating with honors or anything else. They always ask me for my credit score. Not one <laughs> banker. I promise you, everyone wants to know up front what's my credit score. They didn't even ask me for a mission statement. They didn't even care what I was doing, right? right. They said, what's your, because they need to know, can they send us the underwriting and get me funded? You got me? Right. So they don't care about anything except I wasn't in real estate because they were really uh, negative about uh, financing real estate, the investment type real estate deal. So they cared about that. The next question is, well, so what's your score looking like? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right, right. At the end of the day, they have a job to do and they just yes. want to make sure those numbers, those I's are dotted and those T's across. If you could, if you had that score that they need to get you approved, let's get it. Let's get it done. All right. Well, guess what I did, Romel? What'd you do? I opened up two credit processing companies, right? <laughs> you oh, know, that's my, okay. that's my okay. M.O. Yes, because I opened up one to help people to um, be able to clean their credit and add trade lines. And but those you need money to do that for people that didn't have money. I opened up another uh, credit repair agency where you just do it. Uh, you pay on a, a monthly basis for them to do it for you. And I hired some VAs and I hired some back office people because I already know that that's what helped me. That's how I was able to get a million dollars in dump truck because of my credit score. My credit wasn't always good. I had mm. to get some stuff deleted. Right. I had to learn then I had to get some trade lines offered. So I opened up a business to help people get uh, uh, stuff deleted and to add trade lines, both personal and business trade lines. Mm-hmm. So you you exemplify truck and hustle for real, man. You just a hustler, brother. Man, where there's a need. Yeah, I go where there's a need. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. where, where, where'd you get that from? Where do you get your hustle from? Man, I want to say my mom. Right. My mom, we grew up in the projects. Right. And then she to help. She would sell candy. Uh, 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 cakes, anything, right? And then um, she went, when, when my dad left, uh, moved out and went to California, right? To Berkeley, like I told you about, right? Things got a little tough. So she went back to school. Um, she got a, a, a thing in management. She got over the housing development. Then she started inter- interacting with politicians. When she got into a position, right, from my education where people had to come to her, I seen it, everything I needed to see, right? So everything that I do, like with the credit, I know in order for you to open up your business, you need to get your personal credit. So I opened up something, a facilitator, right? Then I also found people that will fund you, correct? Mm. So I know I can I can clean your credit, I can add trade lines, and after that, I can get you funded. Like I'll give you a perfect example. One of my best friends, a guy named Charlie Brown, he, he's from the Sixth Ward down here, right? Um, I got his credit clean, him and his wife. I put the trade lines on him. I sent them to my bank, and my bank financed him to get a hot shot, correct? Got the truck mm. and the trailer. All right. Mm. Now, sad for him, he didn't like to stay out 
on the road because he <laughs> he likes partying and everything else. But it worked. That that was the blueprint that showed that it worked. You can clean somebody's credit. You can get them uh, um, the, the the vehicles that they need and print them in the right direction. Of course, you can lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yes, sir. So, so to somebody listening right now, you're you're kind of transitioned out of out of the industry, right? And you're kind of getting into e-commerce. You're 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 using um you know this intellectual property that you created. Um, okay, so so that's kind of where you're going. You've 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 done it. You've been there. You've done that. You're moving out of it. So to the people that's coming into it, what's your advice to them? Good. So listen, trucking has been real good to me. I'm, I'm going to sit here and say it has been real good to me to open up opportunities. Like I said, I was recognized by the Small Business Administration, the governor of the state. So trucking, I think if you had to start anywhere, if you had to start like they directly say, start from the bottom and move your way up. Trucking logistics is the way to do it. Right. And you want to get on uh, as an owner operator because that's there is no better thing. But I understand that everybody's not able to. Right. But if you do need to start and you can't, you can start in the logistics side of, of freight brokering, freight agent dispatching, move up on your truck if you want to own a few trucks. But all of it starts with getting your credit right. This is what I tell people. When I went to apply for my freight brokers, like they pull my credit to get my surety bond. They pull my right. credit. Right? right. So I tell people that every industry I've been in, they pull my credit. You got me? They pull my credit. Doesn't matter what. And I'm going to say this here. So trucking is trucking. And hustle go together, right? If you're a hustler, right, this trucking industry is for you, like I did with the box trucks. And there are also box trucks where you don't need for a CDL, right? Under 26,000 pounds. My friend has a fleet of them, right? In Houston. His is Wayne 7 Houston. He has a fleet of, of box trucks that you don't need a CDL because he didn't want to go to CDL school. So I tell anybody that want to get in trucking, whether you have your CDL or not, it's a great stuff because they pay very well for you to get to trucks. Trucks could average, uh, a box truck could average four or 5,000 a week. If you know if you're an owner, if you're a worker, it might be from anywhere from twelve to eighteen hundred dollars a week, right? But the trucking is a way for you to elevate. And this is what I mean. I had a student. Um, she had only worked for fast food places, Ramel, right? She worked mm. for McDonald's and other fast food. She part time with Walmart. She's been in the service industry, correct? She was tired of it. She didn't see any upward mobility in this. So she got workforce to fund her to come to school, correct? She had never been around an eighteen wheeler in her life. Her, 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 she had a child. Um, the father was not in the child's life, right? So you know, a single mother, that type of that type of um, th- th- that type of uh, situation, right? She right. came in. Um, she was serious about it because she had to feed her kid, right? She came in, learned the acronyms, learned all of this here. Um, um, graduated, right? Had trouble because she always didn't have a ride to school. She always had, you know, it was issues being a single mother and not having the money. And then she uh, she had to switch over to Lyft driving to try to support herself while she wasn't going you know, to, the, to those jobs. But the mm-hmm. end result was she graduated. She got on with a, a concrete company, right, paying her over 20-something dollars an hour, and she was still able to be home with her kid. And she came back about a couple of months later with a new car, right? She, mm-hmm. she was able to get a new car from the career that she transitioned to from trucking. It doesn't stop there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I must say about a month ago, she called me and said, can you walk me through the process of buying my house? I've never owned a house. This young lady is like 24, 25 years old. Trucking, being in the trucking industry really moved her up the upward mobility, social economic scale. It really did in a big way because she still would have been stuck maybe in, uh, in, in that retail, food retail industry. You got me? So I yeah. tell anybody that trucking has big money in it. And if you have drive or hustle, like the name of this podcast, 
man, this, you, you can make it in this, right? I'm just getting older. I'm transitioning. And I'm going to leave this to other people, the assets that I acquire, that I want to work with you to, to uh, and mentor you and put you in these trucks or in the brokerage so you can um, do the same for someone else when it's time. Got you. Got you. I love it. Where do you see yourself in three to five years, Herman? Okay. So I, I honestly, I'm going to tell you this much. E-commerce is on my radar like everything else was, right? Uh, I, I can see myself um, at least uh, grossing 20 million with the e-commerce side, right? And then leaving that to my kids and my grandkids as a legacy, you know? Gotcha, it's about gotcha. time to travel the world. After that, my wife is had enough because <laughs> I keep doing, I'm keep jumping from one thing to another. She said, this right. is it. Right, said, right, right. It. After that, I want to see the world, baby. I said, yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, brother. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. All right, man, let's start bringing the show to a close. I always um, ask my guests before they go to give a final thought. So I'll ask you for that. And then also, I want you to let the Hustle fam know where they can connect with you just one more time. Um, they've sat with us through the show. Just let them know where they can connect with you on social media and also whatever links you want to send them to, websites, so forth and so on. So let's start with the final thought, um, Herman. Well, let me let me give you this. My dad always said this, right? Because you said something earlier, Romel, right? My dad said that, if you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you're up there with the stars. So I tell my people, just whatever you do, just give it your best. Somebody's going to notice, right? And so that's that's what I'm going to leave as a final thought, that you you go all out, whether it's trucking, whether it, if it's logistics, whatever it is, you go all out, shoot for the moon. And if you happen to miss, you're still going to be up there with the stars. And a prime, a prime example is this here, me getting on Clubhouse, me meeting people such as you, Romel, right? You reach and be your best. And you you heard me because I was moderating. And so you've seen that and then you you ask the backstory. So you shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you still be among the stars. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, where can everybody reach out and connect with you, Herman? Okay, good. So uh, my Instagram is the thing now. And I'm building up my Instagram. So okay. it is Marini Herman on the Instagram, M-A-R-I-G-N-Y-H-E-R-M-A-N. That is the best place, man. I just started the Instagram thing. I had an Instagram <laughs> account for three years, right? I just let it sit, right? Yeah. But now I, everybody's on Instagram, so I guess that's where I'll be at too. So it's M-A-R-I-G-N-Y Herman on Instagram. Marini Herman at Instagram. My CDL Mentors is there, but I hardly go to CDL Mentors. I'm waiting for some professionals to go in and, and beef it up. Mm-hmm. Got you, got you, got you. All right, y'all, listen, make sure y'all connect with Herman. If you're not on Clubhouse, definitely get, get on Clubhouse. Um, you know, a lot of jewels being dropped, a lot of information. You know, we we were on there the other night. We had about 500 some people on Clubhouse. It was crazy. So make sure that y'all y'all connect with Herman and um, man, just tap in. Herman, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you, brother. That's not a problem. Somebody jump in and win this uh, 18 wheel. I'm looking to give it away. All right. February 14th, right? Yeah, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. That is exactly right. I'm going to get a person that's in love with trucking. I'm going to give them something to be in love with. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. And I'll be happy. On your show. No doubt. I'll be happy to make that announcement for you, Herman. Thank you so much for giving me the honor of doing that, brother. Man, thank you, Romel. You, man, you are such a fresh and blessed air. I can't believe I'm on the number one trucking podcast in the world. Thank you for the opportunity, Romel. And to all the people that watch him. He is the absolute truth, a heart of gold. Thank you, Romel. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you so much. Hustle fam, if you smell something burn, it's only your desire. We are out. If you like what you heard, 
It's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and hustle.